An Instagram post gets an unexpected boost. A TikTok catches in the algorithm. Sometimes that's all it takes to launch someone into internet fame. But then what? This Blew Up is a new podcast documentary that reveals how social media stardom is made. It's a different kind of fame that's not always as glamorous as it looks. From Spotify and the Ringer Podcast Network, I'm Alyssa Bereznak. You can listen to This Blew Up on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase, every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co forward slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval, terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. Welcome to the Prestige TV Podcast, a show where we're always sure to take barrel hogs very, very seriously. I'm Charles Holmes of The Ringer Music Show. He's Van Lathan of Higher Learning. Together, we're known as the Midnight Boys. Pew, pew! And we're here to discuss the penultimate episode of the final season of Atlanta. On today's episode, we're breaking down Andrew Wyeth, Alfred's World, directed by Hiro Mirai, and we're in by Siofik Kalaid. How are you doing, man? I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm good. This episode brought back all kinds of memories of my my, uh, upbringing. I was going to have a very testy question for you, mm-hmm. but I'm just going to ask it. Mm-hmm. When they started talking about feral hogs, I was just like, does my deep Southern brother, recovering former farm boy, have any information for the audience about feral hogs? Have you ever run into feral hogs? Then? I have not. Really? Wait, tell them, oh. tell the people. They don't realize like, like you, you are familiar with the farm life. Oh, yeah. Like, so my father was, uh, rest in peace, dad. My father was from Maringouin, Louisiana. There's about 1,500 people there in Maringouin. And so he grew up, that was his life, right? And so I, for most of my childhood, went back and forth, you know, go there, hang out. But I had to learn all of this stuff. I can ride. I can shoot. I can rope. You can can ring chicken's necks? I can ring. Funny story about ringing the chicken's neck. So I had... (laughs) So I'm at my my auntie Deuce's house, right? And you know, there the homes in the country, the porches, the whole the home is elevated. Like there's stuff you can go under the house. You know what I mean? Um, and my dad gave me. <clears throat> my dad had gone to Big Papa's house, 
Big Papa was my great-grandfather, his grandfather who raised him. And the house was still up, and he had got his spinning top. And it was, it was a spinning top is a top where you take a string around it and you spin it, and it spins, right? And he's like, this was mine when I was a boy. Like, you can have it. And I'm like, oh, I'm spinning the top. So I go, and I take the the top, I, you know, I pull up the twine, and I spin it, and it spins, like, on the second or third spin, maybe even the first, right under A. Deuce's house. So I'm like, damn, I done <laughs> lost my, my, my top. So I go under Aunt Deuce's house and I'm looking for it. And when I look over, I see Aunt Deuce. She's sitting down, she's smoking a cigarette, and I can see her hand just whipping, whipping, <laughs> whipping, <laughs> whipping a chicken's neck. I'm, I'm, I've never seen this done before. And so I come back from under the house and I look over on the side, and there's like a pile of dead chickens next to next to my Aunt Deuce. How old were you? Four. Goddamn! This is such a traumatizing. Yeah, like, story. Like, like there's a pile, and she's just whipping them, whipping them, whipping them. It's just like dead, and then like it's like three or four dead chickens next to it. And later on, chicken was on the menu. How you good? Know? How good is freshly whipped? Chicken, not big Purdue, fucking hormone filled chicken. Like, how's a oh, good, I, nice chicken? It, it tastes, it tastes good, but like, I, I can't. Like, you know, we've all had it now, but I can't remember. Like, I can't. I was like a kid. I can't remember. I can't say, oh, the chicken when you. You can only remember you, the. You can only remember the mute, mutant chicken that we get from Popeyes. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, I've had like farm raised organic chicken before, but I can't tell you how that chicken tastes. But anyway, this, but so yeah, but then. Around 97, we moved to Zachary, Louisiana, where we had like 50 acres of land. And there was a barn, a pond, four horses, uh, nearest neighbor, maybe two miles away. So I had to learn a lot of the lessons that Paperboy had to learn in these in this uh in this episode. I will say if there's anybody on this earth who would have heeded the uh the uh, the repair shop owner's warning about feral hogs, it would have been you, Ben. I knew Paperboy was about to get fucked up. I'm like, dog, don't fuck with feral hogs. They're serious yeah. business. Yeah, feral hogs, like, you hear stories about them, but down in South Louisiana, I never really saw one. I know guys that would go to Texas and to Arkansas, and they would mess around with them a little bit, but I've never seen one. <sighs> well, let's get into what this episode, what unfolds. So we begin with Alfred secluded on a farm, ducking calls from Urn. Alfred spends his day shooting guns, tending to his marijuana plants. But when he sees an animal has broken into the shed and eaten his weed plants, Alfred sets out on a mission. He goes to a hardware store and the owner informs him he has feral hogs. Alfred refuses refuses to take the man's warnings about the dangers of the animal seriously and instead decides to fix up an abandoned tractor he finds on the property. When Alfred finally gets the tractor up and running, things take a turn for the worse. When it overturns and crushes his foot... Alfred then limps to the farmhouse where he's attacked by a feral hog. And by episode's end, Alfred has beaten the hog and decides to reconcile with Ern. Then, first reactions on this episode, second to last Atlanta episode we're getting ever. I thought it was very entertaining. I thought it was very entertaining. It's a, it was a man against himself. In many ways, this season, 
has been uh, for for Alfred's character. In many ways, this season has been about his transition from rapper into his post-rap life. We've talked about that theme and the way it's uh, it's been uh, sort of sort of explored during this this season. And this, to me, was part of that. It goes along with that narrative. You know, if you are going to retire away to a farm, which is some people's ultimate sense of uh, of accomplishment and safety, are you safer on the farm than you are in Atlanta? Are you safer uh, out there where people think, hey, this is the simple life. It's just slow motion, like he says in the episode, you know, living with the land couple of things happen. Number one, he goes when he sees that the uh the the halls have broken in, he goes and try to buy stuff for it. He's dealing with a different a, a, a different standard of white person. You know? <laughs> the guy says, "Yo, the guy says, "Yeah, you find everything all right?" It's like, "Yeah, actually no, I didn't." Well, shit, if it's not on the shelf, we don't have it, you know? And so as as uh, Al keeps pushing, he looks up and sees a sign. We don't call the police. This guy isn't safe. You know what I mean? This I mean, I have every black person. If you've ever gone to like a place that is very rural, you've walked into a place where you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. If something happens to me, I'm not making it out of your life. So, you know, and then you see all of these things, these things that are set up for the life that he wants to live. You know, the weed, the tractor. He's got the gun. He's got all of the things that you think would would, would, would would sort of make you comfortable there. But all of those things to one degree or another end up turning against him. And, you know, wherever he goes now, it, you know, the situation is it's going to be a struggle. It's going to be him against whatever element that he's in. So I just thought it was real subversive in a way that maybe there is no retirement where you get to be safe in America if you're black. And also it was just a very dramatic episode about a man against nature. And <laughs> when we see that stuff, it's almost never a black guy. So it was cool. I mean, I do find this episode of a piece where it's like, this isn't the first or the second. I think this is the third Alfred episode that we've gotten where we had the woods episode early on in Atlanta's run when he goes out to the woods and it's, it's a dual kind of plot where Alfred is trying to come to terms with the death of his mother, but he's also trying to come to terms with his new life as a rapper and realizing that he can, can't go back to being a civilian. We had new jazz in the third season where Alfred ingests this drug. He goes out into Amsterdam. And now that he's successful, now that he is rich and has access to all these things, you know, he meets this woman that's challenging him being like, who's really your friend? Who's there for you? And we realize that's when he finally connects with Earn. He realizes that like Earn is, is possibly the only person in his life right now that really loves him 100%. Um, and then in this episode, what I felt this was like is like, he's going back to the woods. To your point, he's going back to nature. And Alfred is trying to come to terms with a, with a life without Earn. When Earn is about to go to L.A., that's why he's not picking up Ern's calls. That's why he doesn't want to even, once he does pick up Ern's call, he doesn't want to tell his cousin 
that he's in trouble. He doesn't want to tell his cousin that he's hurt. And I think so much of this episode, especially represented in the Feral Hogs, is Paperboy and Alfred having to come to terms with his own stubbornness and comes to terms with like letting go, letting go him, of him managing himself. Basically. Exactly. Yeah. Because if you think about it, the last time we got new jazz, who comes to save Alfred when he's the goof at the door? That's something that like we missed last episode, but I've seen people talking about it on social media is like in new jazz, when we have the last Alfred episode, when he's off on this kind of spiritual journey, we see him as the goof by the door. He's wearing the goofy hat. He's shivering by the door. And who saves him? Earn. Earn is the one who's by his side. And to your point, Van, this is an episode where Alfred is trying his best to be like, how do I live a life where I don't have this other person taking care of me, where I don't have this other person coming to save me? And what I wanted to ask you too is, did you get the significance of the episode title? Because I had to look it up. No, what was the significance of the episode title? So the episode title is called um, Andrew Wyeth, Alfred, uh, Alfred's World. So Andrew Wyeth is an American painter, uh, and the title is a reference to Christina's World, a 1948 painting. So look it up. You should look it up right now, Van, because you will know what this painting is. It's a famous painting. And this is from MoMA.com. Um, Wyeth's neighbor, Anna Christina Olsen, inspired the composition, which is one of four paintings in Wyeth in which he appears. As a young girl, Olsen developed a degenerative muscle condition, possibly polio, the left that left her unable to walk. She refused to use a wheelchair, preferring to crawl as depicted here, using her arms to drag her lower body along. And Wyeth explained, quote, the challenge to me was to do justice to her extraordinary conquest of a life which most people would consider hopeless. And what I think you realize in this episode is that you can see it visually that Paperboy is crawling to the farmhouse but when Y says something like to do justice to her extraordinary conquest of a life, which most people would consider hopeless, I think it's connecting back with, with what you said, Van, which is how hopeless the life of a black man is in America and how hopeless sometimes even success is for a black man in America. Because you get the sense that like Alfred's still not happy. He's still trying to escape. He's still trying to find something Peace. that even... Yeah, he's trying to find peace that has eluded him throughout this entire series. And you see him, that metaphorical thing of him trying to crawl by himself. Yeah, it's so affecting. And the funny thing about his looking at him in there is like looking at him at the beginning of this is for me, actually, when I was a kid, my dad would go hunting by himself all the time. All the time. As a matter of fact, sometimes my dad would go on two, three day long hunting trips. She's like camping out. Just yeah. Solo dola. Yeah, he'd just be gone and, you know, be be by himself. And I would ask him one time, I was like, uh, when can I go hunting by myself? And he would be like, when you know everything. Mm. When I say everything, when you know everything, because if you're by yourself in there, a twisted ankle could kill you. Like he used to always say, if, 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 when you're by yourself there, there's so many things. Like you twist your ankle, you're in a spot where you can't walk up like, you know what I mean? And 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 you could stay down there or starve or something could get you. So when you know how to do everything, you can hunt by yourself. And I did get to the point to where I could do it. But I'm looking and I'm seeing him, right? I'm seeing him 
And I thought for a second that this might be an episode where he dies. I thought he was almost going to die. Because, because I'm looking at him, right? He's doing all this stuff, and I'm thinking, that's dangerous. I'm thinking, that's dangerous. I'm thinking, that's dangerous. I'm thinking, when he's under that tractor, it's so funny. One of my father's worst fears was like when I was changing a tire, mm-hmm. that the jack would kick out and shoot out and hit somebody because that had happened to one of our relatives that they didn't put their jack under right. The car, the car hit down, the jack flipped out, hit him, and he died. And he's like, damn. he was out, he was he was out there in New Roads and like he nobody was around. He got hit, he bled out, he died, right? So I'm looking at him, I'm like, that's dangerous, that's dangerous, that's but he doesn't know. He doesn't know what the guy was saying about the hogs. I've never had experience with hogs, but I remember my homies that would hunt hogs would say, hunting hogs is actually next level hunting because it's actually dangerous because the hog could actually hurt you in a way that a deer can't, in a way that uh, obviously rabbits can't. Most of the things that you're hunting, if you're hunting in Louisiana, they can't hunt you. So I'm looking at all of these things. I'm like, he doesn't realize that he, to be out there by yourself, I mean, it's cool. You're actually kind of in a precarious situation. And it was interesting towards the end of the episode to me as he's uh, as he's talking to Earn about the sunburning conversation because he's survived what he's been through, his air of invincibility is already back. Yeah. Right? So he's talking to him. He's like, nah, I'm not sunburned. Like, not only, were you, not only are you sunburned, dog, you nearly died. Not only are you sunburned, you had to fight off a hog with a goddamn skillet. But he's talking about the fact that he, that the sun cannot like overexpose his skin. So he, like all of that stuff, it's it's already back, and I'm watching him go through it, and I'm thinking that was his initiation into the new life that he wants to have. And, you know, does he still want to have it? Think about everything that had to go wrong. The Amazon girl was too was too distracted, bumping whatever she was bumping. Se- seemed like she was listening to that taste Sweezy or whatever it was, <laughs> uh, you know, to help him. If, he's, if it's going to be him, like, modern technology is not going to be something that's going to be uh, so readily available to him to where he can get out of it. So there were times in there where I thought, hey, Alfred wasn't meant to be outside of, uh, to be a fish out of the water and he's going to die here. And if he dies here, like he, when he saw, when he got the tractor, when he got the tractor rolling, right? When he, when he, when he got it rolling, I was thinking to myself, you know, you don't want to just be on your property, on your land, just driving your tractor around. Like you want to have a purpose because that situation could go wrong. <laughs> like people I mean, fall he- the omen of him like pulling out what looked like a dead squirrel, I was like, bro, this is a cursed tractor. What are we fucking doing here? <laughs> like, even the guy says on like, he's looking at a YouTube video and he's just like, yeah, this is how a tractor could kill you. I'm like, yo, if you don't get off this fucking tractor, dude, go back inside. But part of living out there is, man, dog, Charles, it's almost making me sad, man. We had two tractors, we had a three wheeler that I would ride all the time. I'll be on the three-wheeler all throughout the woods. I is it fun riding track. a tractor? Like, do you get a sense nah, of not like... not to me. Not to you? I liked it because my father's thing was the tractor. I had, like, I had... We have three-wheelers and four-wheelers. I like to go 
Like a tractor always meant I had to do work to me. Because <laughs> the three little was for fun, right? But 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 a tractor went, okay, oh, right, oh you want to ride around on the tractor? Okay, load the attachment on the back of it and cut the grass. And so the tractor always meant I had to do work. So I didn't like to ride the tractor as much as my father did. What's the wait? What's the difference between a regular tractor and a three wheeler? Well, a three wheeler is like a a three wheeler is like an ATV. A tractor oh, is like yeah. for the purpose of like doing stuff. Like you have a tractor. We had a tractor. We had a big, so we would cut stuff with it. We would uh, uh, tear up dirt with it so that we could um so we could plant. We didn't do too much planting, but my, sometimes my mom liked to plant. A tractor was like used to tend the land. And the three-wheeler was used for transport around the land. So if I had to get all the way back to my hunting stand and I didn't feel like walking with my gun on me, I would just get on the three-wheeler um, or a four-wheeler we got like later on and just and just ride back there without you know without having to walk with my gun strapped to my back, you know? The life. Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase, every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co forward slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval, terms apply. I want to say you brought up one thing. So I do believe that this episode is inspired by a viral tweet from 2019 about feral hogs. Do you remember this, Van? Mm, no. So there's a tweet in 2019. If you're on here arguing the definition of assault weapon today, you are part of the problem. You know what an assault weapon is, and you know you don't need one. And then in response, someone asked, uh, now virally, legit question for rural Americans. How do I kill the 30 to 50 feral hogs that run into my yard within three to five minutes while my small kids play? Now, as Twitter would do, people dunked on that tweet. They're like, what are you talking about? Fucking feral hogs. Why would they be on your fucking lawn in three to five minutes? Everybody was just like, this is the dumbest tweet ever. And then some reporters did some reporting and they're like, actually, no, not only are feral hogs very dangerous, but they're like an invasive species. Mm -hmm. So like if you're in the deep South, it is very real that a bunch of feral hogs can just come out of nowhere and destroy your property, destroy your farms, kill people. Like, they are actually very dangerous. This isn't, like, Atlanta created something. Like, this is something where, like, you go to the Deep South and there's, like, a feral pig population. People are like, oh, no. Like, this is destroying my life. Do you know that whenever you walk into the woods, you're in nature, the trials of life arena? Like, whenever... <laughs> no, I'm... I'm no, no, I'm not. I'm being I'm not. I, I like, believe you, man. Like, whenever you walk into the woods, you're walking, like, I'm talking to the deep woods. I'm not talking about outside your subdivision where, oh, my God, look, it's a bird. I'm talking about whenever you get deep, deep, deep into the woods, there's an ecosystem of things killing each other there to survive, right? And so you're, if, if, if there are animals out there, I'm talking about, like, in Louisiana, they're black bears, they're uh they're like bobcats. They're like things there that if left to their own devices, they will fuck over you. So like, yeah, if, if you go like like if you go and not just that, but it's all types of shit that's poisonous, 
is all types of bugs that can bite you and swell your fucking shit up. Like when you're out there, out there, you need to know the the lay of the land or you can get fucked up. And yeah, hogs, hogs are out there living off the land. They're eating what they can. They're they're surviving. They're yeah, if you're food, they'll fuck you over. But also they're them, feral. Of, so it's like, how many pounds would you say a feral hog is? Oh, I'm not sure. Maybe like a hundred. Um, maybe less. I'm not. I really don't know. I've never. But seen But think about that much weight just fucking charging at you, full stop. Yeah. Like when, <laughs> favorite boy, like is wrestling with the hog. I'm like, oh man, nah, bro. Nah. That's why the whole time I was like, where is Paperboy's gun? Oh, it's inside. I was just like, bro. Like, oh wait, shit, look. a wild boar can weigh even in, like between 130 and 180 pounds. God damn. I see one here. No, excuse me. Man, look at that. I mean, that's that guy's fucking gigantic. Javan is showing me a very, very big feral hog. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I've never seen one. So I I don't know, but like I had them, you know, I I see this. It's a so they they had coyotes in Louisiana. And so I'm looking at the uh I'm looking at it, it only gets to be like 46 pounds, but my dad always would be like, hey, boy, look, hey, one coyote. You're a coward. You get four or five coyotes out there, you might have a problem. So be ready. What's a coyote? Uh, what's a, like a uh like a like a fucking like a fucking uh like a like a like a like a like a little wolf like a coy- a coyote a coyote? Oh yeah, oh oh. <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to describe to you what a coyote is. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. I also want to ask, what do you think it is about Brian Tyree Henry's performance as Paperboy that makes the writers just, it's almost like they have such glee making him go through the worst shit ever. Like, I don't know if it's because like Brian Tyree is just so good at acting with his eyes and his exhaustion. Like I've never seen, if somebody wanted to ask me, if a white person is like, what is it like being black in America? I would point to any Paperboy episode of Atlanta where he's alone and be like that. That level of exhaustion, that level of like, is wait, what? Are we, is this going to be the last of it? Is there more torture? Every single time he has an episode by himself, I'm like, he does that level of misery so well. Paperboy as a character seems like he's searching for something always. Yeah. You see why he's successful as a rapper, and you see why in this episode that he's successful. He's very hardworking. He's got a tremendous work ethic. Like that, that comes from being a country boy a little bit. But it always seems like he is. It seems like he's. We never get to see him being totally comfortable, like you say, yeah. in any situation. He doesn't. He seems like Atlanta gets on his nerves. When they was overseas, it seemed like that was getting on his nerves. He never seems totally comfortable in any situation, and he's searching for that. And he probably thought in this in this spot that it would come a little bit easier, but it's not. He has to lie about it. Oh man, it's just chill out here. It's slow motion. But Brian Tyree Henry does that so well. He's exasperated without really showing any weakness. He never shows any weakness almost ever. He shows it to us as the people that are watching. We see him being scared, but he never, he doesn't quite show it to other people. This is why when he's uh, under the tractor and he jumps out from under it, 
it's one thing where he's pulling the 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 rat out like he's he's showing some vulnerability these are things that he has to kind of get kind of get used to but uh he he does that so so well and in this episode he did it to a way to where it was like it was harrowing like when he was crawling towards the house i'm like man somebody help paperboy where is everybody to help paperboy there's normally somebody there to help paperboy you know what i'm saying and he's been in a lot of danger in this season think about it he's had a rough couple of months he had to crank that killer on his ass a little while ago turned out to be somebody he didn't like from high school who wanted to execute him in broad daylight in a mall so we've seen him kind of trying to move on to something else and it just seems like he's getting pulled back i really thought like a lot of his humanity show was on display during during this particular episode, man. I, I mean, even just going back to the painting and Christina's world now being Alfred's world, I think there is a lot of like that painting in this episode that is physical, but also psychological. Like this does feel like we are in not only Alfred's world, but in his mind and in his like innermost fears of can I survive? And it's obviously like the top thing is like, can man survive against nature? But can like Paperboy survive in a world where, to your point, Van, he's alone, where there's no one to save him? When he cries out, there's no one beside him. And for so long, it has been earned. For so long, that has been the guy. And it was heartbreaking knowing that this is the penultimate episode that like Paperboy having to be that vulnerable to realize probably that he was leaning on Earn more than he ever knew. Because mm-hmm. it always seemed like throughout Atlanta, it was the opposite thing. It was always like, no, Earn needs Paperboy more than Paperboy needs Earn. Mm-hmm. Earn is broke. Earn's trying to make money. Earn is trying to get by. It has been very interesting in the last three to f- the last season three and season four, realizing like, oh no, the- it's shifted where Paperboy now needs him. When they both have money, when they both have resources, it's actually emotionally Paperboy who needs Earn. And I thought that was beautiful. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the fact that, you know, Earn is not the, out there with him, like you said before, it just means something. This was this episode was kind of, in a way, like you said, Paperboy graduating to being someone who doesn't have to be managed, man. It was good. Can I ask, can I ask sure. this, though? Wrapping up. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie. This was in my favorite episode of the season, even though I think it was an important episode spiritually and contextually. Were you surprised that this being the second to last episode we're ever going to get of Atlanta, most likely, that we got something so subdued? Or is Atlanta just doing what it's always done, which is just like a lot of final seasons are like, all right, we're doing the thing where we're we're Easter eggs galore and we're going to make you realize why you love this show. And Atlanta's like, all right, we're doing a one-off episode about a, a fake documentary about the Goofy movie. And the second one is just going to be Paperboy out in the woods. And I'm just like, I guess they're going out as weird as and subversive as they've always been. But I was a little bit like, damn, was this the episode that you want to... And a lot of the song. Um, I think that's par for the course. I expected something bigger. That's why I kept thinking that he was going to die. Um, I, I think it's far par for the course. I just don't think, I think one of the things that makes the show great is they just don't care how we respond to it. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> it don't give a fuck. They just don't care how we respond to it. You know what I mean? Like, I kept thinking, okay, we're out here. We're removed. Like, what could happen here that would be worth us, like, leaving what it was that we were doing? Like, what, what could be? And it's just, it, it's really, it was like, it has nothing to do. I, I wouldn't be surprised if, they end next week's show on some weird Darius mission that really doesn't in, in the entire show on something that doesn't have anything to do with anything. You know, I feel like in a lot of ways, the snipe hunt with Ern and Van deciding to go to, uh, to, to, to Los Angeles together, in many ways, that was the end of Atlanta. Like, in, hmm. in, a, in a lot of ways, that put, uh, uh, that put a bow on Ern's entire entire experience right like he 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 now has a family and he now has a new mission it that was essentially him moving away from atlanta you know he's moving he's leaving atlanta so uh i think the the things that we get now because you think about it since then since the snipe hunt we got a mockumentary about a goofy movie yeah so but you wouldn't think that in the last three episodes that we we we, I think we'd be all fucking anthologyed out, but we're not. We got a macaroni about the goofy about the goofy movie, right? Very entertaining, but I just don't <laughs> think they give a fuck about how we what we think about how a sitcom is supposed to end. So, so or not a sitcom or a thirty minute comedy or whatever is supposed to end. So, um, I wasn't surprised, but that was making me think that maybe Paperboy would die, but he didn't, and now we move on to the next thing. I mean, I will say this. I think this episode with the Snipe Hunt episode is actually interesting because even though I wasn't on the Snipe Hunt episode with you, I've kind of been thinking that I don't know if the creators of season one or season two could have made season four. Season four is almost very mature in a way. It seems like something you make in your late 30s, early 40s, where it's like, to your point, Earn has a family now. It's taken him four seasons, but Earn finally has figured out what's important to him, what's important in life, where when all the jokes are done, when all of the kooky misadventures, all Earn realizes that he has is his love for his for his baby mama and his lover and his daughter. And I think similarly with Paperboy, when all these four seasons are done, the only thing he really has or he can believe in is like, himself and how he's far he's gotten and knowing yeah. that he's good like his loved ones have gotten him to this point and he'll be fine even if they grow apart even if they go to live other lives without him and while i don't think that is the sexiest way to end a, to end a series i do think it's a mature way that i think when you watch when one day we binge it all from season one to season four we'll be like oh this is kind of the only way you could have ended this thing mm. Yeah, man. Um, give me predictions for the finale. The finale title it has a very fuck you title, which is It Was All a Dream. It's directed by Hero and written by Donald Glover. And to your point, bruh, I wouldn't be surprised if we end on an anthology episode. I would be surprised, <laughs> to your point, if we just have like a Darius solo episode. Would you be surprised <laughs> if this was all the simulation and all the simulation and Earn wakes up and he's still and it's it's like his his first summer home from Princeton. Man. 
I will fucking burn this shit to the ground, bro. I will burn this shit. Don't play me. <laughs> don't, don't lie. All right. We have to be real. I love season three, season four. But y'all, like, I believe in the Atlanta creators. But man, don't tell me, like, we wake up in, like, fucking urns, fucking Princeton dormitory. I'll be hot, man. <laughs> I think it's a 30% chance that it happens. There's dog. no, no way. I'll be, I think it's a 30% chance. Three out of 10, dog. That's a 30% chance that it happens, dog. Some really wild shit. Some real, some real shit that make you be like, oh, dog. You know what I'm saying? Some really wild shit. It's a 30% chance that it happens, dog. Well, uh, hopefully it does it. But we will have one more episode for you on the series finale of Atlanta next week. As always, Thank you to the Feral Hog expert himself, Van Lathan. Thank you to our producer extraordinaire, Jonathan Kerma. I am Charles Holmes. And y'all, we will see you next week. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.